0: Hey everybody, Michael Anderson, owner of Marinantha Financial. You can always get more information and find more episodes at maranantha.com. Thank you for listening. We've got a great show. Important disclaimer, uh, this is an educational program. I'm not trying to give you advice. I don't know your situation, so it wouldn't be wise to take advice from this program. If you're looking for advice, please seek a finance, legal, or tax professional. Welcome to the program, everyone. Michael Anderson here, and today I want to talk with you a little bit more about investing. You know, I've been doing this podcast now for uh, about two years, and I have had my own firm for uh, just over four years, been in the industry since 2007. It's been a really interesting thing to watch, the cycle of watching the 2007 kind of October was the high. And then, into March of two thousand and nine, it hit the low, so that cycle going from high to low, and then from from that point, just charging up uh, for ten years now and then we hit this uh this thing in February March of twenty twenty knocked the market down pretty good, the biggest downturn that we saw um, since March of two thousand and nine and then now it 's kind of raced back up and we're we're still pegging new highs so it's interesting. These, these cycles that we see in the market. And you, you try and wonder, you know, you can't time the market. Everyone knows that, everyone says that. We've all heard that numerous times before, but it doesn't get our mind away from thinking about, well, how should I be looking at this and where am I going? The only way I know of to kind of offset some of that is to, to really understand your time horizon, how long you're going to have that money invested, what's the objective for that money, and if you can truly ride it out long-term. In situations where you can, it's good to just have the money in the market and let the market do its thing. But if it's short term or intermediate, medium term in nature, uh, talking about less than eight years, uh, somewhat foolish to have it invested, especially in a market where we're at now, where we've seen some good runs up from the last, uh, you know, ten year run up since the last uh, bottom in two thousand nine, and what we saw in twenty twenty here was a nice, a nice dip, but Was that a correction from the current up cycle or was that the down that we build off of? And um, I don't have a lot of confidence that that was a a down that we build off of. There's a lot of risk still into the market. So I'm a little more cautious. That's just my outlook on things. But um, nonetheless, that's some of the scope and the way that I kind of try and understand things. The filter I try and have is that broad market overview, which uh, point of the cycle are we in? And where are we headed for longer term money? Keeping it invested makes a lot of sense. Now, with saying that, I also want to preface that understanding your allocation becomes so important at this point too. Because what you'll hear a lot of times people will say is, don't change it. Don't change a thing. Don't move it. Just take your statement and file it away and don't even look at it. And I don't like that advice. I've never liked that advice. I like to understand your allocation enough to make sure that you're in the right allocation, to make sure your allocation fits for for where you're at. I mean, you have large cap, mid cap, small cap. You have different countries. You have different sectors. You have a lot of different funds you can look at and individual stocks you can look at. There's just so many different things and ways that you can build your allocation and still be invested for the long term. So the idea of just set it and forget it and don't ever look at it, never like that approach. I always like to understand what I have and what uh, is going to make that move and go up, where the risk is at that could make it go down, and uh, and just be aware of that and be conscientious of that. Either you individually or if you have an advisor, at the very least your advisor having that understanding of what's going to drive your expected returns. And, uh, and that's, that's just kind of square one. That's controlling what you can control. And uh, that, and that's important. Okay. I've I've talked a lot on this podcast um, over the years about just the importance of having your cash position, right. And knowing that time horizon. So your cash position and your, your safety position, if your time horizon right now is less than eight years, I really like the idea of having that money in a heavy cash position or in very short-term bond positions for that short and medium-term money. I just don't want to risk it. And I like having that short position really bolstered up before working out into the long position. Talked as well about a barbell strategy where you have your cash position heavily fortified and in in, in good order, that that bucket is full, and then you have your long-term position um also, uh, full and in that bucket is full. So keeping those two bookends, uh, full is what gives us the barbell strategy. So, uh, something there for you, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to take a pivot on this conversation. I'm just kind of on my, my rant here, middle of the day. And I wanted to record some audio and wasn't entirely sure what the topic was going to be for you guys today. And I wanted to get into this just general investing thought process and I'm real excited soon to have the experience to go on a podcast that I've been on before and uh, they just do an amazing job. It's called the Stacking Benjamins Podcast. If you've not heard of that, I highly encourage you to look it up. You got uh, Joe Salcihai and OG. They are the two hosts. They have numerous guests that are Experts in the financial industry, they've had Susie Orman on. They've had um, just you—you name the 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 writer, the book writer, the author—and they've been on it for financial stuff. Uh, They are fantastic. Uh, But I'm thrilled to be a guest on their program. They're going to be—we're going to be recording here real soon, and. Uh, big fan of that podcast and what they do and how they bring financial information to folks. They also have a group on Facebook where you can join and connect with other people that like to listen to that podcast and have a little fun, learn more about financial literacy and and uh, learn more from them. Uh, great show. They try and do it in a lighthearted way, but there's still a lot of meat uh, on the content and good good program as far as podcasts go for financial stuff. That's one that is uh, at the top of the game for sure. Stacking Benjamin's got to check them out. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm thrilled just to be on there. A big shout out to them. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to a few of the topics that we're, we're going to be discussing. I'm real excited about. So it uh, should, be, should be very, very good. The other thing on my mind today that I want to talk about is, uh, is just something that's a little close to home here. But I've had a few um, a few. People that are close to me pass away in the last month. Uh, one of them, my cousin Jeremy, uh, lived with me for a period of time, and just a great, great person, a great soul, a great laugh. Always a lot of fun to spend time with him, and uh, dearly missed. And then also a friend from Rotary, um, the Rotary Club of Ventura is what I'm a part of, and um, Stacy, Stacy Johnson. She got married, become Stacy Ingram, and she's uh Just an amazing dynamic person. she passed away recently, very unexpected with her passing away she's young forty six and um, just super super sad so definitely been thinking a lot about that. when people close to you pass away you you start to take st- you start to slow down, you start to think about the things that really matter uh, the most in life and you know oftentimes those aren't things that are entirely financial. You know, it's, it's things like spending time with the ones that you love, the memories that you make and have made. And, um, you know, you just want to have more of those salient moments and that's, that's important. That's so important. That's definitely heavy on my heart right now. And I'm thinking a lot about that. And I guess in some ways I'm fortunate to have the time I have with my wife and my three boys and some, uh, uncles and family and friends and hopefully build some more of these memories here and and uh, you know give thanks and appreciation to those that are not with us any longer through living the best life we can live while we're still here right but that also includes getting your ducks lined up trying to be uh, in a position to cover your loved ones and your family if something were to happen to you. So that looks like a different picture for everybody. I have numerous clients that uh, kids are grown up and doing well, and they're not worried about giving them anything. So they can kind of work down through the assets that they have. I have a number of clients that don't have any beneficiaries as far as natural ones. They didn't marry. They didn't have kids. So, um, you know, the financial side of that is always somewhat unique or somewhat different, but... We do have those conversations. They come up in financial planning, and uh, I don't sell any insurance products, but those are the risk management types of products that you look at. You know, sometimes you're looking at term life insurance, or some form of whole life insurance, permanent life insurance. Sometimes you're looking at long-term care. Um, sometimes you're just looking at insurance policies for health stuff, uh, or me- the Medicare policies, and supplements and uh, there's just different things that we're looking at and you want to be aware of for your situation and what that means. And beyond financial stuff, you start to think about uh, those other things that stick with us. And I've seen this and I've had conversations with some clients about this recently. A number of my clients, and I say a number of them, I have five clients that over the past four years I've been working with that they've lost a loved one. They've lost a spouse and in working with them, it's become one of my favorite clients to work with. And I I say that with the utmost respect, but, but it's my favorite type of client to work with because it's very real. We're, we're working with them and there's a lot of emotion there. There's a lot of feelings there and these things aren't always clear or expected and, you don't know how you're going to feel until after it happens. And, and it is what it is, you know, and one of the things that has come up recently in some of these conversations is that, um, you know, if this is difficult to even talk about, but if, if it had been, I mean, think about if it, you and your spouse and you're both still living, but think about if it were, if it were the inverse in and you had passed away, not them, would you give them permission? How would you want them to feel about you still living your life that you have? And that thought oftentimes when we get to that level of a question is that I would want them to have the best life possible. I just want them to be happy. I want them to be significant and fulfilled. And, you know, I want them to enjoy life. You know that's how that's how I feel. If something ever happened to me, I would want you know Annie and the kids to to not dwell on it in any way, right? To, to just be as fulfilled as possible. To 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 go find significance, enjoy and treasure the memories we had, but additionally make new memories and be comfortable and find happiness and joy in life in this time we have here. And and in many ways too, what that kind of becomes, it hopefully is somewhat freeing. To the idea of, yes, I need to, I need to move. I need to move on. I need to to find companionship, whatever that looks like. Significance, happiness, make additional memories. I I, I observe that that's not easy to do. That's not. Uh, it's easy to talk about. Maybe it's easy to say yeah, I need to do that, but it's not always easy to do. And The other thing I observe is that, you know. It doesn't, you can't force it always, but you can try and look out the window of opportunity because there are opportunities out there, but if you don't look out that window, you're not going to see them. You can close the drapes on those windows of opportunity and say, "Ah, I'm not interested. I don't want that, but that, I don't think that's giving a fair shot to, you know, the idea of what your spouse wanted for you and, um. I recognize this is a little bit of a sensitive topic, so we'll kind of stop there for it. But I noticed that many times with financial stuff, it's more personal than it is financial. The clients that I work with, it becomes that way. It's a relationship business. I remember people telling me that when I got into that, and that's part of why I wanted to do what I do is because it's the relationships that I enjoy. It's these connections and closeness and long-term working relationship that I truly enjoy, and I hope to have more of that. And you can only have so many. You can't, you know, you can't have a thousand of these relationships. You can have about a hundred. Uh, anyhow, interesting topic, and that's just kind of what came up today. Um, I didn't have specific notes on what I want to talk about, but hope you can find some value in that. And um, I do appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I do appreciate you listening and following the podcast. I am trying to put out information. I do enjoy putting out this information because I think it helps me think through some things that I normally don't think through or talk about. So uh, so this is good to just air it out a little bit. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, everyone. I'm Michael Anderson. The engineer for the program is Rachel Graves. And I hope you have a a wonderful week. I look forward to getting with you on a positive note here next week. And uh, until then, we'll talk with you soon.